This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Jisoo Kim. And today, it's another World Cup talk edition with my good, 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 good friend who moved to Calgary because he likes to be bored. <laughs> it's Julian. What's up, Julian? You know, I didn't move because I was bored. <laughs> I moved because I wanted more money. <laughs> if you're going to say I moved, like, at least say the truth. I wanted more money and a higher quality of life that I was living. Don't say it's because I was bored. It's, I was, yeah. Like, wait, there's no, there's no, like, federal income tax over there, right? supposedly no yes wow it's really like texas yeah i honestly like it it, not just like in the fact that like there's the tax thing but if you look around and you see some of the different like restaurant chains that are there like they have like carl's jr there that's like an american thing wait i've been to calgary i've never seen a carl's jr i have seen a carl's jr like a couple blocks from my house whoa okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, it, that's definitely a thing they, but like but that um i know popeyes is like a thing around i think yeah. in different parts of the country but they have popeyes for sure oh my god um yeah like it, it it very much is very um and plus like you know the you know the 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 cowboy culture and all uh-huh. that too there's a player who plays on the calgary flames named blake coleman who grew up in texas who i think signed like a six-year deal with the flames about a year or two ago about a year ago, I think. And like uh-huh. one of the things he said was like when he was moving his family over was that Alberta is very similar to, to Texas. So like it's it's definitely <laughs> got that connection. Yeah, because I remember going there. Even the cars, the cars are like bigger, badder, stronger. It, they look like a Ford commercial, the cars out there. Yeah. And, and I'm, do, do you know what? I, the one thing I did see that surprised me, I saw a Deepery in Calgary. Where? Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I need to look at Google Maps. I'll tell you later. Wait, wait, wait. Is it is it like a place that's like the Dipéry, or is it the actual Dipéry? Actual, actual. Wow. Same logo, same everything. For those who don't know, Dipéry is a ice cream chain in Montreal, and I saw it in Calgary. And it's like on this big street. It's like the one street that's considered quite seventeenth, probably. Yes, it is. There's a really oh cool... Oh my god, there's three of them. What? There's three? I only saw one. Yo. What? Okay, so there's one on, on 17th Ave. So the big street in Calgary is 17th Avenue Southwest. That yes. has like all the cool trendy like yes. bars, clubs, restaurants and stuff. That's where I was I at. I had no idea, unless I saw my friend, there is a Dipéry there. But there yeah. also is one in another part of town uh, called Country Hills, which is, I think is a little... That's pretty much north. That's northeast. Mm-hmm. And then again in the southwest, another part of town called Martaloop. It is there. Actually, they're, the one in Martaloop is mm-hmm. opening on November 28th. So, there, so there's a third one that's going to just open, like a Whoa. new one. In winter. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a, what that's the hell? Okay, well, aren't you happy I, I told, told you? Uh, Man, yes, I'm glad that you told me. Uh, I'm going to tell uh, one of my good friends, actually, before uh, I left uh, Montreal for Calgary. We hung out. We went to a Dipéry. Uh, and also uh, our good mutual friend, uh, Audrey Magny. Uh, yes. Next time she's in Calgary, I will tell her yes. that there is a Dipéry here. Like, we would go. Because yes. we went to an ice cream place when we hung out here. But not, <laughs> it was not that. I had no idea this was here. Thank you. 
You're welcome. I will add that to the list of places. It's like I'm a Calgary native. You're welcome. I told you once. What? Sheesh. <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> there is a good Korean restaurant in downtown. Uh, I'll get you the name. I forget, but I remember being really good. If ever I'm in Calgary, we'll go to that Korean restaurant. It was actually really good. I was I was impressed. Huge. There's a big Dude, Korean community what, in Calgary. There is. There 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 definitely is. Uh, there's like a. I don't know if it's appropriate to call it a Chinatown. Call it Chinatown, or or I'm not sure which specific Asian designation I should give it, but it's right before like the center street, like bridge that kind of leads you uh, up into, I guess, Crescent Heights, I guess. Yeah. I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah. 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 Like that's it. It's like all over. Like it's, it's cool. Like it looks, I've walked through it. Like it's, it, it generally looks cool. I'm still getting used to the city, but like there's a lot of decent trendy looking spots downtown. It's not Montreal, but I'm not no. going into it thinking like, Oh, it's not Montreal. Like it's, it's Calgary. It has, it has its own charm. That's what I like about it. It's you. It's its own unique thing. Did you ever wait? Okay, I don't. You've moved relatively recently. Did they, have you gone to Cavalry game yet? I've so so. I have not gone to a Cavalry FC game, but um, I went to a charity event. I want to say about a month ago. One of the beat writers for the Calgary Flames is a guy named Eric Francis, who's covered the team twenty something years, over twenty twenty five years, and he gets like people from the flames to show up people from the stampeders to show up nice like almost every calgary sport and like at one point like this one guy like comes up uh to this group that uh like it's me and a few other reporters just hanging out and this one guy comes up to us and he starts making conversation with um the uh the uh, global reporter sports reporter her name is cammy kepke and uh she's like oh you're it's tommy whedon jr so the calvary fc manager showed up to this event and like i met him Say like, oh, I want to go to a game. He's like, yeah, well, you got to come next season, man. I'm like, yeah, sure. They had been eliminated from CPL playoffs, but I could say I have met the manager. <laughs> Yo, can we go together? I would love that. I would love nothing more than that. Okay, we're, we also got to get Kofi. Kofi's got to come with us. Oh, also, uh, our another mutual friend of ours, Fug, uh, randomly I was talking to yeah. him the other day. He was <laughs> telling me how he randomly won some jersey and he wrote me like, Oh, I want a Premier League jersey. And no, like wait, what? he didn't say like he wrote he just wrote Premier League. So like in my head, I think, okay, it's some English Premier League jersey. And then he shows me this random Cavalry FC jersey. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> just said Premier League. He never said Canadian Premier League. So it's just all these different omens telling me to go to a Cavalry FC game. I did not get a chance to go. But they were still playing, but uh, I will go as soon as the next CPL season starts. Their green jersey from two and years... it was the green jersey too. The, okay, that green jersey from two years ago or a year ago, very nice. I'm a fan of that one. I've seen people wear. Well, last one was Calgary. I've seen people wear that, and I'm like, oh, okay. So the jersey is legitimately nice if locals are rocking that over the home jersey. Yeah, but yeah, but anyway, uh, did you watch Canada game today? I did. I did. Canada versus Belgium. Okay, what's your take? I'll tell you what. So my expectation heading into that game, um, I I just had this feeling that Canada was going to be competitive. Mm -hmm. Like I did, like some people, like someone on my, on my Twitter was like, "Man, they're going to get curb stomped." I'm like, "Nah, I don't, I don't believe that." Yeah, like I same. thought with the quality of players that Canada has, that they were going to surprise. And I thought John Herdman, even on the shout out to the TSN broadcast for acknowledging that he was at his like fourth World Cup. Because, like, so many other people mm. would have said, like, this is his first World Cup. This is, like, a serious thing. He's with the men. John Erdman has been at the World Cup with the women's team so many times. He has accomplished as much as he has with that women's team to get to this point. Like, 
This yeah. is not this is technically not foreign territory for him to be on the world's biggest stage. Yeah. I'll say this though. While I did think that, you know, they would be somewhat competitive, I did not expect to come away from that game thinking Canada should have won that game. And yes. that is how I feel about it. They had so many ch- I mean, they outchanced Belgium throughout the majority of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, had they finished on those opportunities, I'm telling you, they would have won that game like 3-1, 4-1, whatever, you know? If it wasn't for them allowing that goal at halftime, if that game ends nil-nil, they get a point. That's already better than what they did in 1986. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, the fact, like, the fact that they would get a, a draw over, and I didn't realize this, the second best-ranked country in the world in Belgium? Which, I'll get really? to that later. It doesn't, it doesn't like, really that's, make sense. I was like, really? Like, I didn't think that. But no. like, that would have been monstrous for them. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the penalty. Mm-hmm. Like Jonathan David, I, 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 yes, he should have taken the penalty. I will agree on that. Yeah, same. I'm also not mad. Alf- Alfonso Davies took it though. Yeah, he's their best player, and also like he has played on those big moments before. He's played in that stadium before. Like I don't have a problem with him saying, you know what? Let me get the ball, put it down. Let me take the penalty. Yeah, like, fine from a statistical point. I don't know how good he is on penalties. Maybe he should not have taken it. It probably should have gone to Jonathan David, who is probably a little better in those situations, or at least as a striker, you would want him to take the penalty in that situation. At the same time, I'm not mad that he took it. He should have taken a better penalty, absolutely, but I am not mad at the fact that Alfonso Davies took that penalty. We definitely don't talk about it if he scores that goal, but I think coming away from that game as a whole, for Canada's chances, I feel really good about them going up against Croatia. And I feel really good about them going up against Morocco. Like, yeah. I really think yeah. they can get some results against those guys. Croatia, they can't look past and they have to find a way to manage their play, but also they got to score in that game. Mm-hmm. But if they get a good result against Croatia and it all comes down to what they can get against Morocco, that is going to, that could turn into, forget them getting a chance for them to win. That could turn into one of the biggest sporting days in, in Canadian sports history. Yeah. Like, Alfonso, like, I'm kind of guy, I like to play it safe. And I thought it would have been better if Jonathan David took it or a more ex- another player who is known for finishing, right? Mm-hmm. Jonathan David is, I think, was it eight or nine goals in 15 games in League R, which is very good for a top five league. It's excellent. It's excellent. And I was like, that's a natural choice. And maybe not Tayshon Buchanan. Ustakio would have been another good choice as well. But then again, like you said, it makes sense. You got to give it to the franchise player, which is Alfonso Davies. The media loves him. I'm not, I shouldn't say you, you have to give it to him. But it's it makes just sense. That, like, like, it makes sense. Like, you're absolutely, like I said, like, statistically, probably better option to give it to David. But it's not like Kamal, like, no disrespect to Kamal Miller, who should have been man of the match. It's not yes. like Kamal Miller took the ball up and, and did it. It's not like Alistair Johnston took it or Liam Miller or, 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 T- I mean, Atiba Hutchinson's like you're the 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 skipper, like he's the captain. I get it. That that mm-hmm. might be a whole other thing, but it's not like somebody else took that ball up, and then we'd be like, well, why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not going to give it to Jonathan David, I mean, Alfonso Davies is right up there in terms of guys you want taking that kick. Yeah, it's not yeah. completely wrong. It's not completely wrong, but I remember um, uh, our friend Kofi since the 2014 World Cup. And I think you've been in this conversation too. Him and I have gone back and forth about left-footed players taking penalties. 
why Ronaldo is a better penalty taker than Messi based on the fact that Ronaldo's righty and then Messi's a lefty and Afonzi is a lefty. And there's something about left-footed players that always choke on penalties. There's probably a scientific reason behind it. I don't know why. But as just by looking at Alfonso Davies' demeanor, his facial expression, the way he was on the ball before taking a penalty, I just knew he was he was going to miss. Like, you know what I mean? Really? Like, you could just look at a player. You just know. You just know. Because I'm not going to sound like I play, like, semi-pro or, like, high-level soccer. But, like, I've been in those situations of playoff games where I have to take a penalty. Even with other guys who go up and take a penalty, just by their body language, you could tell they're going to miss. And with myself, I try to shake it off as much as possible. Where in my head, I'm like, I'm just going to bury the ball. Because at this point, it's about reaction time. But with him at the big world's biggest stage, I don't know what that's like, but just the body language, I can tell. I was like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. And, you know, but again, like, I can't blame it because we had so many more opportunities afterwards. There was a penalty that we got denied at. Remember that? There should have been a penalty on uh, that exact one where Tejon Buchanan got tripped in the box. There should have been a penalty there. There should have been a VAR check. I just... I mean, there was, but the ref didn't go to the to the screen to check it himself, and I'm just like, just give give it to us, <laughs> give it to us, please. Yeah, we. I think Canada could have really benefited from that. I I think they should have gotten that, and I don't. And I know as as fans and 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 countrymen, I know we're not alone in 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 thinking that. I think even um, uh, one of the players from TFC, uh, Renadeski, uh, yeah. was like watching the game. And really? on his Instagram story, was like, "What the hell? Like, why did they give this?" Like he's like really? I think there's like a random there's there's an Italian uh I think I feel as if Italy has jumped on the Canadian bad yeah hundred percent for yeah. this uh I'm sorry I hopefully I'm not hopefully I did butcher uh, Bernardeschi's name uh but I don't remember <laughs> is it Federico or I don't remember what his first name is but I know mm-hmm. he was a big signing for them in the season yeah uh, and then joined and then uh, of course Carlo Ancelotti who probably will take over Canada's men's national team one day you think also so hopping on. I think so. He loves yeah. he loves Canada. Like he he's he he straight up went on like a radio station in Italy. Was like I'm rooting for them for the World Cup. Like mm, it's his right. home away from home. Like he's got a home in Vancouver. Exactly. Like he. I mean, I don't see him leaving Real Madrid anytime soon. But like, mm. and I also don't see John Erdman leaving anytime soon. But if Carlo Ancelotti goes to Soccer Canada and says, "Hey, I would love to manage this team in 2026," what do you do? You can't say what no. Do you seriously, do you can't say no? But then again, do you see, I don't think you do. I don't know what the hell you do with that. But like, you can't, you can't go to the to Soccer Canada like mm. the day before the World Cup. And be like, I'm doing this, or like a month before or whatever. Like, that's something you got to get going in like now. Because like mm-hmm. after this World Cup, like it's everything for. I mean, you make sure you get your Gold Cup results in and every other tournament before then. But everything else at this point, after the World Cup's over, you're getting ready for 2026. Um. Okay, wait. Side note, Belgium is second in the rankings. Brazil's first. France is, France is fourth, which I think France and Belgium should be swapped. France should be second or first, and then Belgium should be fourth. That, that's why I hate these rankings, because they don't really make sense to me. Never have. But anyway, but to the point of Ancelotti. So I was having a conversation with some... Oh, I think it was... Maybe it was in a previous episode with Ganji. But I, I, I was having a conversation with someone about coaching, or coaches. And then why did... Uh, oh no I think I had this conversation with Ganji at a bar and he was we were talking about why do big coaches fail at small clubs and why does po- why is Pochettino such a bad manager at PSG 
there's something to be said about uh, high-level coaches that used to be amazing players can only coach at the highest teams and the highest levels because they understand that ego and the way they think. They can look at a player and say, do what I did, and that high-level player can do it. But Pochettino is not that guy, as an example. That's why yeah. he can make Southampton that good that one year or a few years. That's why he rebuilt and made Tottenham that amazing because it's a, a bunch of nobodies. Goes to PSG, flops, and fails. But then on the flip side, Ancelotti goes to Everton, fails. And then Rafa Benitez, Rafa Benitez goes to Everton, fails. Well, Rafa's a little weird. He's a, he's a little yeah. weird. But, um, but that, to that point, Ancelotti is that in his head, he's like, why can't you do what I want? And he realized that I don't have the guys that could do what I did. Same with Henri. When, when Thierry Henri came to Montreal, he's telling all these guys, do what I did. And I spoken to some of the CF Montreal players and they're like, we can't do what you did because you're Thierry Henry. Like you're one of the greatest players on the planet and his prime. We're just dudes playing in MLS. Like we can't do that level. You know what I mean? And, yeah, like, and 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 to and unfortunately for him, like, like it's not as if like he was coaching at some big level level club where it's like, you know what, fine, he doesn't have the players that he has. We can go into the transfer window, pour out a bunch of money, and just get those guys. That's CF it. Montreal, especially now, they're in mm-hmm. the business of buying low on guys, making sure they ball out, and then you sell high on them, and or you know let Bologna get. You get the best chance yeah. build some of those best players. Yeah. And on top of that, for Terry Henry, he he coached CF Montreal in a pandemic. So it's not even like he really got to enjoy being yeah, in Montreal fair. that much and being with the and the whole thing with his family too. Like yeah. that was a tough time for 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 Terry Henry. I will mention this though. Like the fact that Samuel Piet, and I know I've kind of gone on a side tangent here. Yeah, go. One of the things I remember from that year was the fact that like because of the lack of, I guess the lack of quality they had in the middle. We saw like Samuel Piet do more of these like offensive mm-hmm. kind of roles, like, like he's right more of a defensive mid. guy. Yeah, yeah, like like, but like now, like in the few games I got to watch him in, with CF this year, it's amazing. Like he seems he seems more comfortable doing that. I don't know how much credit Thierry deserves for that, but like mm. that ended up working. Where he ended up taking on more of an offensive role. I'm not saying he's this juggernaut, but like he seems uh, more comfortable in I those think- types of roles. I think it's because he doesn't have the pressure to be the defensive guy. Because like Wanyama, nope. he has Wanyama, which has helped out. But then when you have all these players around you that are just as good, when you have Kamal Miller, Joel Waterman behind you, and Alistair Johnson and Lapalainen on the fullbacks, you can you have a little more freedom, and you know these guys will cover you. Then you have Mihalovic in front of you. You know what I mean? Like I think he's just surrounded by better players, and it upped his game, so he has a little more freedom to do what he feels comfortable. That's I'll add, I'll add to this too, and our friend Kofi, I think, would probably agree with me when I say this. Yeah, Wanyama also makes him redundant in that defensive middle, in that defensive spot. Yeah. So like he also kind of had to do this in mm-hmm. order to justify putting him on the field. He's a yeah. great player, good dude, but like with a guy like Wanyama, who actually is not coming, I don't think he's coming back. With no, he's, Montreal he said year. he's not coming back. Yeah, like so he's, I guess he could always go back into that role, but yeah. like I think because of the fact that you had those guys behind you and the guys in front of you. And a guy who playing in your spot who I think by all accounts might be objectively a little better. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to reinvent yourself in a little bit of a different way. I, I would, I, if I was still like close to the team or covering the team, I would have loved to have talked to Sam about that. But uh, that's just my observations from a distance. Yeah, I, I think he seems more confident this year. That's what I like by watching him. Um, but, yeah, but, uh, but going back to the point of Ancelotti and Canada, yes. my concern is that to the theory that big managers cannot manage smaller clubs 
I'm afraid that Ancelotti won't be able to replicate that success with Canada. Let's be, you know, let's be honest, Canada. We're not a top 10 team. We're not England. We're not Italy. We're not Spain. We're not Brazil. We are, I guess, we're like the lesser city of global football. I think that's a very good comparison where we've done things that no one expected and we've done it with players that are all rejects that nobody wanted. Because nobody wanted these all, guys. Is it, fair to call them, is it fair to call them all rejects? Yes. I mean, not all, but it's fair I to say... I don't know if it's fair to call everybody rejects. Not all, not all. But, for example, Ustakio and Vittoria, they're both Portuguese, but mm. Portugal would never have chosen him. But because Ustakio's game has been proved almost... I mean, he deservedly so. His game has, has been amazing for the last year or two. The Portuguese national team supposedly wanted him. But he was like, I'm already committed to Canada. Like... Too late. Like, I flew under the radar. Maybe not rejects, but all these players just flew under the radar. Tejan Buchanan yeah. flew under the radar. And um, Jonathan David didn't even play MLS, went straight to Europe and went tryouts and got in. He almost bolted to the States. He could have easily played for the States. He could have, oh my, imagine that. Like, he could have played for the States. And uh, Kamal Miller, yep. hey, Kamal Miller, like, I'm writing a story about him on Derby for the next Derby edition. So keep an eye on that. Syracuse everyone. alum, Kamal Miller. Syracuse alum with Tejan Buchanan, Patrice Bernier, and other players I'm blanking out right now. But even him, when I talked to him, he was just like, I've been borderline cut almost my entire college life. He was like, I was about to get, like, he told me a story. And I think it's insane where in the preseason in Orlando, he was not guaranteed to have a professional contract. But a day before, his first professional game, they gave him a contract. And he was like, I kind of knew I was going to get a contract because in training, in a preseason, in the skirmishes, I was always on the team with the starters. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that was a bit of a hint. But he was like, but he kept saying my entire life, there's always been this cloud of uncertainty that I might not stay in MLS. I might go USL or CPL or whatever. And yeah, so it's like, and he was telling me like, everyone else on this team has that same story. And so that's what I like about this team. It's that, all of them acknowledge that, like, we're not supposed to be here. Like, what are we doing here? And, like, we're not frauds, but it's just like we worked hard to be here. But, like, how? What? Like, you know? Man, that mentality is going to change, though. Especially oh, yeah. considering the performances of how Canada played against Belgium. And specifically, Kamal Miller, who I think just made timely stops on defense. And, like, he, just him and everyone on that team, they play like they belong at that world stage. And that, I think... Yes. I think... And maybe for casual fans, they don't feel this. I I think I'm thinking more of the people who have followed Soccer Canada like well before qualifying for this World Cup and seeing some of those guys starting to come into their own who have been waiting for this opportunity to pull up. Like if I was I'm 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 just like a sports journalist, so like I can't ever pretend like, oh yeah, I was like behind this iteration of Soccer Canada from the beginning. But like I was like a die hard, like a die, die, die hard. Like I was watching like CPL games, like out the ass, like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I would look at a game against Belgium, like what happened today? And I'd be like, we're getting out of the damn group. Like my yes. expectations would change tremendously for some people. They would look at it and be like, oh, well, it's great to be here. Like, I don't think for soccer, I think for soccer Canada now, and especially heading into 2026, the mentality can no longer be we're happy just being here. Mm. You have to find a way to stay it's the position that you're at and you have to find a way to sustain success, maintain it and, and, and turn it into something else. Like that's what the next thing is. And I really think that game against Belgium 
that changed a lot of people's minds about how this team was going to come in. I mean, look, John Urban after the game was like, I told my guys after we're going to go, we're going to get out there. We're going to F Croatia up. Like, yes, come on. Like, that's not, that's not the attitude of a guy who's just B2B at a World Cup. That's the attitude of a guy who's like, nah, we should have had this game today and we're going to find a way to take it out of this next team we're going up against. Everyone agrees, ever, even the harshest critics. Okay, almost all my Italian friends didn't believe in this Canada team because Italians are the best and worst soccer fans on the planet. And I say that with, a, I say that with love because they're the best soccer fans because of the passion and they are also, they're also very realistic in the approach. They're like, this team will do well and 90% of the time, they're right. And because they just they just been burnt as Italian fans because two World Cups have been denied and they're not hiding it. They're like, we don't deserve to be in this World Cup because we just suck. But a lot of them were had a lot of doubts with this Canada team. But today they were just like, oh, we were wrong. We were very wrong. And I'm happy about that because I'm 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 sad we lost. Before this tournament, I had I definitely had the mentality you're describing where I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. But I realized after watching Belgium, I was like, oh we belong here. Like we, like we could hang with the big boys, you know? So, and especially when Kevin De Bruyne won uh, Man of the Match, I loved his statement. He was like, why do I win this? He, and he was honest. He was like, it's because of my name. That's why I won it. Like, I don't deserve this. And Gatorade gave it to, was it Gatorade Man of the Match gave it to Kamal Miller, deservedly so. And then if it wasn't, FIFA would probably have chosen Thibaut Courtois, which is, I think, you know, I, I would, I would take. Yeah, that. we gotta, we gotta yeah. give some praise to Tipo Cole. That's another thing about that penalty too from he was from good. Davies. Tipo Tipo Cole was really good, but also like Davies had to bury it and really mm. attack it with confidence because he's not just going up against anybody. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I think Tipo Cole is the best goalie in the world. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, that like that that's it. Like you can't you can't approach that situation and not deliver. A convincing kick. At the very least, if he provided, it, if he if he had it with power and Tebow stopped it, well, what can you do? Like he tried his best. He's up against the best in the world. Just the penalty was bad. But yeah. again, the the, po- the point is, is just Courtois is a really good goalie, and they really need to bring their best against him. And he really played well for for Belgium he, today. And also, Courtois always plays amazing for Belgium. And also, he's six foot eight. The guy could play NBA basketball. Like he's yeah. like, tall enough to be his wingspan, like crazy, insane. like. He's the most ideal goalie for soccer. Like, anyway, he's he's in a fantastic keeper. So, but that being said, like with, with Canada, I can't think of any player that's played meh. Every player played really like even Atiba Hutchinson. He was put putting in this 50-50s and he was winning most of them. Ustakio was stringing these passes. Tejan, okay, but Buchanan was great. Perhaps sometimes when you take those one like those one timers, it would just like be field goals, and I'm like, yeah, the, yeah, the, the finishing wasn't there. I mean, it wasn't there for any of those players, but I think mm-hmm. for Tejan especially, it was very noticeable. Yeah, and I was a little disappointed. Junior Hoyland was really good today. He I was good. What did you think of Kone? Like, I thought when he came in, like he at the beginning he started okay. Then he kind of disappeared, which I can't, he did. I, I okay, that's another guy. It's his first year as a professional player. <laughs> like this, that was his like seventh, like cat as like a team Canada player. And it was in a World Cup game. This is what I'm saying. This team this is insane. Like all these dudes a few years ago, minus Atiba Hutchinson, Milan Borhan, and the more senior players, like they all were playing amateur not too long ago. This is like real Jamie Vardy story. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? These are non-league yeah. players that became professional and now they're at the World Cup. Like, well, how did this happen? 
And it's it's a beautiful story. Like his first, like with Kone, his first few minutes, I was like, oh, he already feels comfortable. But then he like... Yeah, he had like three, he had a bunch of touches in the first few minutes. Then he kind of disappeared. And I don't know if it had to do with his confidence or had to do with just Belgium honkering down on defense. Because Belgium did pretty decent on defense. They did. They they got their chances too. Like at this, this like, like soccer is always like a game of... It's like chess. Kind of like similar to basketball. Touches, okay. but also just runs too. Like, yeah. For the first like third of the game, Canada looked like the better team. And then bit by bit, Belgium woke up and they got that chance. They got that goal just before halftime. And then that second half, like Canada was still trying to take it to them, but they didn't outright dominate that second half. I think the same way they did in the first. Mm-hmm. And I think Belgium just was allowed to hang around just a little bit. Just, man, just if one of those chances, one of those attempts go through and Canada comes away with a, with a tie, like, man. Yeah, just man, I really wanted them to. I, I the whole time I, I was messaging you about. It, I was like, I believe they're gonna tie, and I, oh, yeah. I, I felt like they were gonna do it. Like if they get, if they had like more time, give them like two more minutes. I think they would have done it. It was just like you could just feel it. They were knocking at the door, and they just needed that one, that just the one right cross with the right header. I think there was one where was it Kyle Laren or Jonathan David? I forget which one where they headed down, but just didn't have enough power. But I just knew, yeah, it, it bounced out. That's it. If there was more, if it was on target and there was more power headed down, I was like, that's a goal. Any goalkeeper will always struggle for that with those type of goals. And then Kyle Lehrer going in changed everything. And I think that might make a statement that maybe Kyle Lehrer should start over Jonathan David. It, it, I mean, we're talking about goals that Jonathan David has scored in league. Earn. Yeah. No one has scored more goals on the men's side for Canada than Kyle Aaron. That's the thing. It's like, it's, it's a good problem to have because they're both amazing strikers. I, Jonathan David is really good at creating plays. And Kyle Lahren, to me, feels like he's just at the right place at the right time. That's always kind of been my impression about him. So I don't, I don't know. But like, it's, it's a good problem. And I think what I liked is that it seems like the world definitely respects Canada now. They're like, wow, you guys play well. And like, and it's it's funny because what I like is that no one's comparing us to the US. They're like, you guys are your own thing. Yeah, that's true. And I think if 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 both teams were in the same group, that would invite more of those comparisons. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I haven't seen anyone do that with the states. And maybe it's because the states on their own they like on their own trajectory their own play like they like they've been at the world cup before like yeah. for them they're like canada at this point like i think we, we mentioned what we mentioned about the belgian game but like there's this is still their first world cup in like over thirteen thousand days right like this yeah. is this is still relatively new and they have to find a way to ensure that this generation of players keeps this going for the united states for the better part of i'm not sure exactly how many years but they've had like they've had talent come in and it's just a matter of getting the right combination of guys and the right manager really because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure like there's there's enough criticism that's gone greg Bear, greg bearhalter's way uh, it's just a matter of getting the right combination of guys that could get them through a group stage and then get them through the knockout rounds because that's it because that's a country that's done it before it's just they mm-hmm. need to get to that next level so maybe that's why the com- the comparisons haven't come as much because usa when it comes to their performances at the world cup level they've had performances they've 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 had results yeah so it's kind of unfair to compare the two All right but i also think the fact that they're not in the same group also kind of 
discourages any of those comparisons because it's not like they're unless barring something crazy happening like it's not it's not expected that they're going to see each other in the world cup yeah i mean that would be crazy if they saw each other that would be nuts i would i kind of want full-on border war (laughs) i just i kind of want to see that happen um i that's just because it'd be so nice if canada beats the u.s let's say at around 16 we could lose at quarterfinals that's fine because at that point, that, yeah, easily, easily. Like Canada beating the United States. You know what it is? Because like Canada winning in hockey, for example, like that's yeah. that's expected. Yeah. But Canada to beat the United States in anything else is that's a huge deal. Because like, of course, Canada's supposed to beat hockey, supposed to beat the USA in hockey. Right. But like, like when the women did it uh, in the uh, the Olympics yeah. last summer. Yeah. Like that's massive. That's that's big. Was it but, last, like, was it last summer? Yeah, it was 2021. Remember, they moved the the games to 2021. Oh, why does it feel like three years ago? Okay, wow. Yeah, it does feel like three years ago. <laughs> like, like, we forget about this, right? Like, Canada is in this, like, it's never been this good for soccer. Like, no, we've never. already kind of forgotten the fact that the women's national team won a gold medal yes. at the Olympics in soccer. And there, there's the men's World Cup this year and the women's World Cup next year. Like, oh, it has my never, God. It has never been this good. They don't, Canadian soccer as a whole, like but, ever. But I'm happy because now there's more attention, yeah, more money, too. more money, more attention. I mean, okay, sad news, a bit of Canadian soccer. It seems like FC Edmonton is folding. Yeah, they're folding. Yeah, That's I saw bad. that news. But that then there's sucks. like two new CPL franchises coming up. I think Windsor and Vancouver are coming up. And then there might be one more I heard is word. But anyway, but like now there's a lot of talks about a professional women's league in the country, which is amazing. I hope it yeah, happens. They got to deliver on that. They have to deliver on it. And then there's all these attention by Canada soccer and then the corporate heads of it. All the attention with that and all that yeah, drama. Yeah, they got to, they, they, like, come on, man. Like, how is this Canada soccer team at the World Cup with all these new uniforms? And the only thing that's new is that all the execs at the top get these new suits. Dude, it's, I saw that Twitter and I'm like, huh? It's the most cringeworthy video of the year. I'm like, no, no, no. These guys are already rich. <laughs> like, I mean, like, no, it's just, it's, I, I don't know. But like, I hope that with all this attention, by the end of this tournament, things that are wrong with Canada soccer will be remedied. This is me being the optimist. Yeah. Won't it be like, remedied? Like Rome wasn't built in a day, bro. No, I mean, things have to change. It's not just in terms of how Soccer Canada directs things, it's also with the attention that's given to the sport i think that will change too i mean i think the fact that tsn uh the way that they're covering this at least at the start just with i mean james duffy should be is is the guy you want as your your main host for everything the fact that he's in qatar doing his thing uh and and the panel that they have with kevin kevin kilban uh mm-hmm. janine becky julian yeah. Guzman, they did great at least during the coverage of, of of that game uh rick westhead who does an incredible job uh, as a journalist in this country with his investigative stories. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've seen any of the work that he's done with covering things like the Hockey Canada scandal that's going on now, mm. the Chicago Blackhawks and what they went through last year. Yes. He's part of that team that is in Qatar right now. And they said that they're not going to shy away from covering the stories surrounding human rights violations and and, and the awkward Good. problem with, with Qatar, right? Good. So like, I think the fact that, you know, we all get to take in how a major uh, broadcast, I mean, it's TSN, obviously, like you should expect the high standard mm-hmm. from them, of course, because of what they do in this country. That's no shade to 
uh, Sportsnet and one soccer and all the other places. Right. But like, I think with the way that they approach that stuff and, and the way that they show games and, and, and the stuff we get to see from that, like that has a chance of influencing people for the next how many years with the sport. So by the time 2026 rolls around, if Canada makes that, which they should, like, who knows what it'll be like for soccer in this country? Well, actually, by next World Cup, it won't be 32 teams anymore. It'll be 48. 48. Teams. So there's a much better chance of them making it. But also because Canada's host, they get an automatic buy. They're already in. Is it actually true? Because like I remember like like asking that question like a year or two ago, and no one gave me a straight answer on that. No, like I know FIFA rules is that the host countries always are already immediately in. So, so Qatar like, is they like, should be in. Because think about it. If we're being honest with ourselves, Qatar, especially as an Asian footballing nation, it is not a good footballing nation. They're not good. Let's just be very honest. They're what that game I watched against Ecuador, they are not good. Like, like the first host to lose their their opening game, I think. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because they're not, they're not good. Like I'm not just saying this because I'm angry that the World Cup is in Qatar. Just objectively, what what I see on the pitch, there's a lot to be desired. Saudi Arabia, well, they're good. Like what they've done to Argentina, they surprised me. They're wow. good, but their coach, he won African Cup of Nations with Zambia. Yeah, uh, wide. Yeah, their yeah their their managers apparently like really good. He's had these like big upset wins in like his history. Like he's really good. He's really good. He he. I remember when Zambia won the African Cup of Nations. I was like Zambia. It's always either a North African country or West African country. Never East. Never South. Never Central. And Zambia is South. And I'm like, how did this happen? And and I was very impressed. And then I think he won or reached a final with Cote d'Ivoire. I think. And and now he takes Saudi Arabia again. And reinforcing the theory that weak like managers of smaller teams do very good for smaller teams yeah you know what i mean yeah and like so the guys who know like for a guy i i feel bad way we haven't been able to mention the saudi arabian manager's name but like the fact that he's been able to go to all those different countries and and achieve success there mm -hmm. like that's well done on his part for and pl plus like Saudi Arabia, it doesn't really matter what they do at this point. Like, they have that win over Argentina forever. Yes. See that video of that one guy who, who went up to that TV reporter and he was like, who, like, where is Messi? Oh, he went to the Korean like, TV reporter. <laughs> Yo. It's so funny. <laughs> where is Messi? They have that forever. Ever. It doesn't matter what Saudi Arabia does. They beat Lionel Messi and Argentina. There are people who picked them oh. to win the World Cup outright. Yes. They won that game. That, and that's the beauty of the World Cup, too. Like, results like that. Mm -hmm. like it, doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what you do after because like those games, those moments get that get get commemorated forever. Like if not to go back to the Canada Belgium, yeah. If Canada Belgium ties that game one one, it's basically a win because we're yeah. talking about them scoring a goal. We're talking about them drawing Belgium, which is a top five nation, whatever you want to rank them or all that. Like that is a like whoever scores that goal, yeah let alone being the answer to a trivia question for the rest of their lives. Like, <laughs> whoever that ends up being, whatever sponsorship value you got, that's going up. That is going up. But that's it. Okay. The coach's name is uh, Hervé Renard. I'm going to look up where he's from. It sounds French. He could be Swiss. But probably, I would, I would imagine no relation to uh, a sporting director at CF Montréal, uh, Olivier <laughs> Renard, who is, both, who is both Belgian and, well, I mean, he's Belgian. Yeah. So, but okay, he's French. The guy's French, but he played in a lot of he played in Vietnam. Wow. Okay, so this guy's played. Really? He, 
Oh no, he was managed. He managed a Vietnamese team. Okay, yeah. So that tells you a lot already about this guy. But um, he'd been around. He he's been around. But that's it. Like this is a guy who understands how to coach smaller quote unquote or quote weaker unquote teams, and and it makes sense that this guy would you know do so well with with uh, Saudi Arabia. But that's why I like about this World Cup so far. It's been a one of upsets. Japan beat yeah. Germany today. Very happy about Man. that. Once former allies at a big event, now enemies. And <laughs> <laughs> the love loss, huh? But it's funny. But it's funny because like I had like I had other people, other Asian friends, they're like, "How do you feel about supporting, being happy for Japan?" I'm like, "You know what? I don't care. Yes, the Japanese took everything from my family, but at the same time, I'm just happy that." A non-European, non-South American team is beating the big dogs. Yeah, Germany. Yeah, because Germany and Japan were good. I like. Okay, confession. I slept in, as in, like, I didn't wake up for that game. I had my alarm set, but I was like, I'm just gonna sleep because this bed is very comfortable. And I regretted that decision <laughs> immensely. I regretted it. And even people at Derby were upset with me. I was like, What do you mean you were sleeping? I was like, Bro, I was comfortable. I didn't want to get out. <laughs> Bro, but, do y'all have like a big like Slack chat or like group chat or whatever? You yeah, just, yeah, we have you a group chat through each game. Yeah, we just talk every game. Every game we talk through it. Um, that must be so cool, man. Like y'all have like turned yourselves into like the cool underrated like soccer <laughs> mag in this country. And y'all just, you, this is like the cool part of this type of stuff where it's like people are still trying to get to know who you are. And it's like, mm-hmm. yo, like we're cool. Like we're, it, like we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we, we hang out and watch soccer like all the time. Like that's, but cool. I mean, like, if people want, like, I can't speak for, I can't speak on behalf of everyone else, but what I could say about all of us, at the end of the day, when it comes to soccer, we're nerds. We're just, we're really just nerds. And that's good. And being a nerd <laughs> is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And like, we just, because we have all shared the same thing, I think you share it with us is that like, we just want to see this sport as a culture prosper in the country because we just want to 100%. share how much we love the game with everyone else, you know? And that's what Tugwa's um, MO has been from day one. He's like, I just want to be surrounded by people who genuinely love this thing and want other people to feel the same way as they do about the game. And that's how I feel. Like, to me, it's... When I was watching Canada play today, I was like... I was nearly crying at work. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Wow. But at the same time, watching Wales play USA, I was almost crying for Wales. I'm like, oh my God, Bale. I love you, man. (laughs) Yo. Shout out Gareth Bale. Shout out Gareth Bale. Like, like... Won an MLS Cup like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Not even just won an MLS Cup, scored a, like the game tie goal. Yes, it totally led it to to penalty. Well, you know, like he did yeah. the damn thing in in MLS Cup, but that's just like a breeze for him because like he's he's won so many big trophies in Europe for him to just win in MLS. Like all right, just another trophy, and then no big deal. He he gets to play on the world's biggest stage with Wales. Like yes, Gareth Bale. I don't want to know. I don't know if it's fair to say he's like like a super underrated star footballer could I, I think it is mm. considering like how much we love off of messi ronaldo all zlatan all these big days we're like gareth bale like he's not appreciated no super fast guy super talented guy has come up in big moments yeah like he's i don't think he's been appreciated nearly as much as we should no. as a footballer in comparison to so many other people I would like if I was a manager right now and you told me I could have Gareth Bale on my team, put him on my team. I think I think the issue with him has just been his history of injuries. I think that's been his That's it. I think that's been his biggest problem is because like he's always been um he's always been injured. And like 
I think that's that's such a liability about his game. But what I love about him is that like with Tottenham, he made a huge statement where he was like a relative nobody. Everyone's like, who's this guy? And then at Madrid, his first season was amazing. Then he got injured a lot, which kind of sucked. And then there was a whole yeah. drama with him and Zidane. And there was that thing as well. But then he scores a brace at the Champions League final Kiev versus Liverpool. I remember that against Liverpool. And scored one of the greatest, top three greatest Champions League goals of all time. A lot of people said that is second to Zidane's volley. Zidane's volley's first, Bales and Mandzukic bicycle kick against Madrid at Cardiff. And it's like, I remember that as of yesterday. I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God, I think I just witnessed history right there. Like, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. The guy just, uh, he's not appreciated. I just don't understand why people don't appreciate him enough. Also, I want to add to the list of goals too. Uh, I was talking about this with uh, my good buddy Tristan Lamot. Yeah. Uh, his Copa del Rey winner, where he like oh, runs yeah. around the defender and speeds out of bounds before going back in and finishing. Yes. Like, that's one of the best. That I mean, that I think is his best. Well, if, if it's not the Champions League winner, it's that goal. It's and also it was a nutmeg goal. It wasn't just like you know hits a far post. He nutmegs a goalie, and I'm oh just oh my god, dude. And I remember even in England, even in England, the English were because at the I remember at the time Spanish league was still better than the Premier League. Like there was a huge debate. Has that ever, has that ever been the case? Yeah, no disrespect. That, like there was the a quality huge... of the team. Like Real Madrid and Barca are like, like those are probably like I mean if you're in the if you're playing Premier League. And you're you're going to those teams like that's a step up. Yeah, but like, would you say as a whole the Spanish the Spanish Primera would be better than Premier League? I don't know. Oh, the only way to measure it, this is like I remember just being a debate for years. It was like between 2008 to 2016, 2018. I would say that was been like a legitimate debate for ten years. Wow. I would like maybe maybe a little less than that. Perhaps let's say 2010. Let's say 2012 to 2018. 2010 to 2016. 2010 to 2016 is really when that debate was raging. And I remember I'd always go back and forth with friends and it was always good debates because the only way to measure truly was Champions League and Europa League. And during those years, the semifinalists and quarterfinalists, the majority of them was always Spanish teams. There was like five, six years where Sevilla just won Europa League all the time, knocking off all the English clubs, knocking out the, knocking out the... Um, Liverpool and Manchester United at some points as if they were like United last two times they they lost Europa League was to a Spanish team because they that's lost because they lost to Sevilla and they lost to Villarreal uh, on penalties and I yes. think Villa, that was the Unai Emery team that's it and yep. then exactly and then like Champions League always the final four it was always Real Madrid Barcelona Atletico Madrid almost always and then okay. the fourth club was always Bayern Munich and if it wasn't one of those three it would always be two Spanish teams so does that mean the league is better or does that mean that like the top part of the league of is better? The Spanish league is better. Because like that's a, I mean, that's I a good counter. That's a I think that's a that's a like cause because that just tells me that like okay, so you have bars you have some good teams there. Yeah. Does that mean the entire league is better? Like it, the quality of, like what are we what are we ranking better? So are you saying just the quality of the teams, the quality of the games, the quality of the players? I think like the, what's the criteria? For me, I think it's the quality of football. I sure. think, like in terms of, in terms of league, a Premier League has always been the best league because it's been way more entertaining, and you just never really know who's gonna win. Whereas La Liga, put your money around Madrid, Barcelona, easy. I don't know why I said Spanish Primera earlier. Jeez, La Liga. And a prim- 
But I mean, it's technically called Primera Liga. It's technically it, but like I could have just said La Liga, but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> but like, whatever. Yeah, well, whatever. But yeah, like that's it exactly. So it's like it's like is that a Bar- is that a Barcelona Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid? Well, maybe not this year, but like you know, it's always it's kind of boring. Same answers. Whereas, I mean, you could make the same argument about the Premier League is always Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea. But those but that's three, like at least six teams, and even then, like you might still have like. Like a West Ham coming in at like fourth or fifth, and you're like, oh, That's wait it. a minute. And not to mention like Leicester City. Like, yes, the fact that they won the Premier League the year that they did, it's like five thousand to one odds. Like, that, yes, that, that should not have happened. That doesn't. That doesn't happen in 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 La Liga. That doesn't. No, that doesn't happen in in the Bundesliga. Maybe. Well, mm, I, I mean, yeah, unless no. unless uh, unless you unless you really think Borussia Dortmund is that far back from Bayern, but even yeah. then, like that's not a shock. As 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 Leicester City, who were in like like the fourth tier, like a couple years before they won, like that should not have happened. But that's it, exactly. Like this year, Arsenal is Arsenal. I think at this point, are seem to be due to win the league this year, and convincingly yeah. so because they're playing really good stuff right now. They're playing really well, and it's it's long overdue. They've suffered enough. Yeah, they suffered. They suffered enough. <laughs> but also, enough. like, but also think about this, like. To the point and the strength of La Liga, look at who look at those who are coaching the best teams in England, either Spanish or German. You know what I mean? Mikel Arteta, Pep Guardiola. Is that the league or is that the country then? Because because that's a whole other debate in itself. Because think, like, and I think that's where everything is getting conflated. Because because yeah, because because is, is that is that because I mean then again, Pep Guardiola was in La Liga for a long time as a yeah. manager, as a player too. Yeah. And like that's the thing. It's like during that huge debate between La Liga and and the Premier League, everyone kept saying, "Okay, the quality of the league, Premier League must be better." But the, in terms of footballing style and how it's played, how the game is played, I had to say La Liga Spanish style was way better in that time. It just worked. It was effective. No one knew how to solve it besides other Spanish teams. You know what I mean? That's right. And like perhaps the only other country that could probably solve that Spanish style is either the Dutch or the Germans, because the Dutch influence the, how the Spanish play, and the Germans are just freaks of solving problems. You know what I mean? And it's and Dude, all about efficiency. But that's it. Like okay, oh yeah, I told you right. I was in Germany from like for like two weeks, and then I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you, you had yourself some fun in Germany last time. <laughs> and like, I went to a Bayern Munich game. Dude, I'm telling you, when you're not being efficient on the ball, the Germans get upset. <laughs> like, like, I believe that. There was a moment where there was a play where Fonzie was on, was, he was in the box and it's, and he had a, he had an open chance. There's no defender in front of him. The defender was to his right. So basically, it's just him and the goalie, like a little, like diagonal, like a little on the edge of the box, well, inside the box. And, he could have just shot and tried to shoot a far post, and that would have been a very good attempt. But he plays a pass to Jamal Muziala, but mm-hmm. Jamal Muziala is in the trapping and the heat of things, surrounded by defenders and midfielders, so he loses the ball. And I remember the entire Allianz Arena was like, why? Why did you do that? You overplayed it. Just don't waste your chances. Take that shot. If you make a useless, like, they don't mind you keeping the ball moving, keeping possession. They don't mind that, but there's yeah. got to be a purpose. Like, be efficient. Like, if you take one too many touches as opposed to passing, they get upset. If you if you take a shot when you should have passed, they'll get upset. If you make a pass when you should have shot, they get upset. 
And I remember I looked at everyone. Everyone was like, Fonzie, come on, man. And like everyone was upset. They still loved him, but they're just like, bro, you should have shot. And I was like, oh, that's wow. a knowledgeable fan base. I mean, nothing, very smart I mean, fan you expect base. nothing less from Bayern Munich fans, but like, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, and I, I, it was in that moment I realized that, oh, this club truly moves as one. They understand their identity. They understand the way they play. They understand that this is Bayern Munich. This is how we play ball. And I was like, I never seen that. Cause in, in, in Montreal, as a point of comparison, it's more like, let's hope we win. But let's just hope we win. Well, yeah, no, the, the quality of soccer fan, this will just respect to Montreal fans. Yeah, of course. It's very different. Like MLS fans as a whole, like it's very different from yeah. like Bayern Munich or some other top quality spot. It's going to take years for that yeah. to, to change. If that ever changes, really. Like yeah. the only time I've like, like it's one thing, like if I go watch a game at like CF Montreal and like I'm hanging out with like you and like Kofi. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking, okay, like, I know I'm around people who know the game and are knowledgeable about the game. I'm never going to pretend as if I'm this, like, super smart person with soccer. But I, I know I've, 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 you know, I play. Yeah. You know, I didn't play at a high level, but, like, I, I, I have an idea of what works. And, like, I, I have covered the game as a journalist. And, like, I'd like to think that, like, you know, I'd, I'd have a slight, maybe not slight, but, like, I'm not going into it just being a casual, being like, oh, well, I'm happy to be here. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm trying to think about it like smart, as smart as you guys would. But like, not everyone in that stadium is going to think about the way that we would think about it. Right? No. And it's not to say that we're the only ones thinking about it. There are definitely some people who would be smart about it, but it's not the same quality compared to like, if you see the old Canadian game and you like, if you would see something mm. similar, like Cole Caulfield is holding onto the puck a little bit too long and loses possession. Yeah. Like everyone would freak out about that. Like, yes, it's trying to make a, a similar situation. That just just the culture of hockey has just been ingrained in that city for so long to the point where like almost every fan you encounter, even the crazy ones, has some level of 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 knowledge. It's still a little yeah. bit at the base level, I find, with 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 soccer, with some pe- with the casual fans at least uh, mm-hmm. who watch soccer games in, like, in in Canada, in North America, really. Yeah, like I went to Canadians game last year when they were god awful, and it yes. was like I remember watching and I remember being annoyed and I remember. I'm not the biggest hockey fan. You know me. I'm not the biggest hockey fan. Yeah, but I know I, that. But I know enough where I go to a game and like, as you say, when Cole Caulfield holds the puck a little too much, you're like, I get it. that's no- an example. It's not to say that he does that. I'm just but thinking of an example. example. Yeah. Using your example. Whereas like, I remember, I can't tell you the player, but like, I remember when someone would just make the pass as opposed to just going for wrist shot. And I would be so annoyed. I'm like, why did you not shoot? Why are you overplaying this? And I knew I wasn't alone where everyone around me is just like, why yep. are you doing this? And yep. it's, and you don't see that in North American soccer fan base. I mean, maybe you'll see that in Portland, like where it's a little more developed. Uh, mm-hmm. you per- yeah, perhaps you'll see that in Portland. But like in Montreal, I think it's developing now. I think the one thing about Montreal fans that I do appreciate is that if there is a style to how things should be played in Montreal, it will transfer over from hockey where people just want people to shoot more. Like in like the last few years of CF Montreal, people like the players tend to overplay as and try to get a goal within the box as opposed to just just go for a 30 yard shot. Just go for it. Like we know you have the technique. We know you have the ability. Just just try it. Go for it. Like we want to see that. I think Montrealers from the last few years of going to games, I think they just want to see something spectacular. And that has everything to do with the fact that Piatti is gone and Drugba is gone. And we want that, that mentality you're talking about is not something that is just specific to soccer. I yeah. think in the inner DNA of a Montreal person, whether it's going to a sporting event 
or going to a music event or going to anything. They want to be around something spectacular. That's yes. a show that's yes. worth like getting out of your house and, and being there. Like if something big is going on, it doesn't matter who it is. It's like it's just a big deal. People will show up in droves and they will watch it and mm -hmm. they will be all about it. And it's like, yeah, like we're Montreal, like this person decided to come up here and do this. Like we're going to show out. We're going to do it. If it's not entertaining, if it's not worthwhile, people are just going to tune out. And I think yeah. ultimately at the end of the day, with whatever style CF Montreal plays, like they need it to be exciting. And also they need no disrespect to the team that played last year. That was probably the best CF Montreal oh, yeah. team they've ever put together. Oh, yeah. They need a star. Yes, they do. That's just what it is. Montreal is just a fickle city in the fact that like <laughs> they need a name. Yes, they, they, they can't just have anybody pull up like they need a name. That's why when D.D. Drugba pulled up and started playing, everybody like they loved themselves. D.D.A. Drugba. I still think he should be honored by the team, even though he only played like a season and a half. Like he's the biggest star they've ever had. And he he literally won games on his own. Yes. And. Like, like he deserves that respect. There are other guys who have put in their time with the organization and have done amazing things. They deserve to get those honors. And I get why they won't get to DDA first, but DDA deserves that honor. But to my point is, it's like, you know, it's well and good that like CF Montreal will want to get these young guys, mm -hmm. turn them into stars. Like I imagine like look at a guy like Alistair Johnston. I mean, they, they already sold off a uh, Georgie Mihailovic. Yeah. But like, could you imagine like you have uh, you, you watch you're watching the World Cup. You see Johnston and, and Kamal Miller play well, and you're like, oh shit, like they play on my team? Like yeah. that's going to help. But like, could you imagine if if Olivier Renard was in a situation where he could bring in like a big name player yeah. to help them get over the top? Like that should be the natural progression with this team. Like they were a playoff team. They went as far as they did in the playoffs. Like the next step should be for them to bring in a big name player. They're mm -hmm. just they're just not at that point. And just with the way that Montreal is, whether it's with the Canadians, the Alouettes anybody like yeah. if you bring a name people are going to show up that's what's going to keep people in the seats like you have to build the infrastructure but you also have to have a good name that's gonna be like oh yeah wow this guy's here yeah i hope saputo is willing to put in that money because he's a little fickle when it comes to that <laughs> and that's always been my beef with him let's be honest like <laughs> He's just like, like, oh, excuse me for laughing for a second. I have to get that one out. <laughs> but like, you know, it's true. Like, he's like, I, I respect the fact that he likes a money ball. And I, I, I'm, all, I'm all about that philosophy. But at some point, the reason why you did, we did so well 2016, because you had guys like Drogba and Piatti. Piatti, I mean, granted, Piatti, we got him on a bargain. And Drogba was the big money signing. And today, actually, just an hour before, I saw rumors, uh, one soccer reported this, so there's got to be some legitimacy to it that Ranger, I mean, Celtics, Celtic, Glasgow Celtics are looking at Alistair Johnston, which I'm like, I saw that too, which made me very happy and very sad at the same time. <laughs> it's like, damn it. I was like, I wanted to see this back line flourish into something amazing, but also it's good money for, for Montreal. Hopefully it them. is, but like if you keep doing that and you keep having these players go in and out, there's like no continuity. Like how are fans supposed to that's continue it. being fans of the team if you're just deciding to be this club that's just going to be like, okay, well, we're just going to, you know, get a guy for a year and a bit and then he goes. Like at some point, if you're going to, at some point, if you're going to have all that money from all that, from all the guys you sold, you got to do something with it. That's what I'm you saying. Know? That's what I'm saying. You can't like, just, you can't just save all that money. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it annoys me because like part of me is like, 
okay, keep these players for at least two, three, four years, at least, and then sell them off at, at a premium. Do that. But at least have them around long enough that we can actually build something and that when they leave, we'll find a right player that could replace that profile. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, Joel Waterman is a great example. I think I don't think he's going anywhere, but I loved what he's become. Another great Jimmy Vardy, so a CPL player to MLS, and now he's considered one of the most... Cavalry FC player. Yeah, and considered, even among MLS pundits, as the most underrated defender in the league. You know, that's... And they're all... They always mention, this is a guy who came from the CPL, and they're all kind of hinting how much more talent is there in the CPL that's just no one's paying attention to. So... I wonder if Balu Tabla gets a second chance in the MLS no. now. No. You don't I, think so? I've heard so many conflicting things about him. Where I should listen to that podcast he did with, uh, with our friend Audrey, actually. I feel yeah. like it's... I, I really think, like... How, I think he's a really interesting story, man. I think like, so, too. But at I such just, a young age, like, he gets all that attention. And I know... And look, I, I, I get it. Like, you know, he went to Barcelona to be. It didn't work out and stuff. Mm -hmm. He had all those people in his... He had DJ Drugba in your ear being like, yo, you're the shit. Like... Yeah. What, yeah. Like, we'd all do the same thing. Yeah. I, okay. Let me retract what I said. I think... I only say no based on all the other people that I've that I do know who watched the CPL, who've watched him play, and they all they're all telling me that he belongs in at the CPL level. Mm. I would say if he balls out next summer, then why not give him another chance at Montreal? But I don't even necessarily think Montreal would be the place. Like maybe some other MLS team just Vancouver. says, "Hey, we'll sign him." I think Vancouver. Vancouver needs the Whitecaps need help. They're they're not in a good yeah. place. The Whitecaps are. They just uh, they just declined whatever option, or, or at least Lucas Cavalini's not coming back there. Oh, uh, yeah, the Whitecaps need help. Like, uh, yeah, they do. But also Montreal on the bright side, Montreal has two DP slots uh, left. My theory, and I've said this, I've said this name once, and some people think thought I was crazy for saying this, and then at some point in the season, some people thought that isn't a crazy idea. I said Griezmann. Montreal getting Griezmann doesn't... I was like, I would love to see that. I feel like that's realistic. A little crazy, but I don't think that... I think that's somewhat realistic. If I, It depends on how much money they'd be willing to throw at him. But exactly. And also, we don't really need another forward. We really need center mids. And that's the issue why I think Griezmann might not be the best pick. We just need mm. someone to replace Mihalovic, and we need a box-to-box -box player that could replace Kone. And that's right because Israel Kone is probably gone too. If we're being honest, that guy he's too he's like too good. Sheffield United and Norwich want him, and I'm like, yo, he's he's gone. That's what I'm saying, and I I can't blame him. I'm like, kid, go, go, <laughs> just go to England, man. It, like you going to England will only make Team Canada better for the next World Cup. It and will. That's it. So I don't know. We'll see. Unless there's like some crazy hidden talent at the CF Montreal Youth Academy that we just don't know about. Who knows? Or that's basically the isn't that the Ishmael Kone story? It was like kind of like just there. It was kind of hidden around, and then he was like rejected CF. And he gets a apparently he's rejected three times. Yeah, like that's nuts. Like we've met <laughs> how many dudes we met and like Sejap that went to this uh in, at the time Impact Youth Academy that got in, and uh, I only remember uh, that one guy, one guy, that one guy who had a uh, Felipe. Come at the uh, <laughs> activity period. Felipe Martins. That was a fun day. Felipe, yeah, that guy. That, uh, who I think just joined Orlando City. He was in Austin last year. He's a, he's a bit of a journey. He's still playing. 
He, and he's a bit of a journeyman within MLS. He was at Red Bulls for a minute, NYCFC, I think. Now you now you said he's at Austin or Orlando. He was at Austin, but he put up a video saying like thanks to the fans for everything. So like normally for that, that means that like yeah. he's not he's like, gone staying there. But Felipe Martinez, uh, yeah, Orlando City F- Orlando City SC. I think oh, he might have just joined. Good for him. Orlando's a good team. Yeah, like legit yesterday, he signed a one-year deal with a contract option. Wow. He just joined Orlando City. Okay, well, I hope he balls out. Good for him. Yeah, he, he was cool. He was cool. He's only 32 years old. So, he, was he like 18 when you met him? I never Wait, met so, him. Okay, so I was in CJEP about a decade ago. Bro, we, I knew. He may have been 22. <laughs> He's not that much older than us. No, he was like, he could have been insane. Oh my God. It's crazy that we were in Sijab like a decade ago or more than a decade ago. Yeah. I I graduated 2012 and you graduated the year after, I think. Yeah, 2013. Because I started 2011, then I graduated 2013. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. I started God, It's been a decade since we graduated. That means you've known each other for a decade. That's also good too. That's good. Oh, I remember. Remember we used to play. Like remember Ponderation on Fridays for the like from uh, two to six, I think. We and were playing we, in the gym. Yeah, we played. We played futsal, and we would always make a LaSalle team. Yes, like you, me, Justin, Kofi was the honorary LaSalle, and Ramit. Yeah, yeah. Now, I haven't seen Ramit. I mean, how's Ramit doing? He lives in Edmonton. Oh. Okay, I gotta, I gotta hit him, him up. up. Hit him up. Hit him up. He's uh, he's like three hours north of me. Yeah, yeah. Hit him up. Hit him up. He uh, I like I told him you moved to Calgary, and he was like, yeah, I noticed he moved. I was like, next time you're in town, you gotta hit him up. And he was yeah, like, yeah. I gotta, I I didn't realize. I gotta, I gotta hit him up. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, but, Justin's doing okay too. I didn't really ask about him, but uh, he's doing, he's doing good. Okay. He's doing good. He's uh, he's doing good. I've seen him. I've seen him. When did I see him? Like, oh, I just saw him on two. I saw him yesterday. We we're playing soccer together. And uh, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, he scored a good Sorry goal. to all the listeners who have no idea who Ramit and Justin are. They're our buddies. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay, so how do you think Canada's going to do with Croatia? That's a good question. I have to admit, like, I'm not entirely sure. Mm. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I have a big scouting report on, on Croatia that goes what? beyond the Madrid. I, I don't. I, I should have prepared <laughs> something. That should have been my job, to be honest with you. Um, but like my, my only thing is that because of how Canada played against Belgium, uh, you you would think, at least on the Canadian side of things, because they've, they've gotten like the first game jitters out the way, like they should Mm. attack that second game with confidence. I think so. At the same time, if you're Croatia and you watch that first game, you're probably thinking, oh, okay, this Canada team is actually not one we should mess with. Yes. Basically, if you're Canada, the big key will be. I don't know, the keys of the game, I guess, if, mm-hmm. if I could sound like a legit analyst for a moment. <laughs> for Canada, you have to make sure that you finish. You've yeah. shown that you have been able to penetrate into the attacking third and get those opportunities where you can get them. Use pace, but be able to finish. Put yourselves in positions where you are able to put that ball in the back of the net. It's easier said than done, but they have the quality to do so. I agree. If you're Croatia, you have to show off the quality that you have and and not give Canada any opportunity because they're playing like they have nothing to lose. They essentially have to assert themselves uh, with the presence that they have. And they, too, also have to use speed. I think with Canada, like, I don't know if people realize how quick they they really are coming up the field, especially when you have guys like Davies and Buchanan on the wing coming oh at my you. Goodness. Like, that is 
that is a problem to deal with. So if you're Croatia, yeah. you have to find a way to neutralize that. I agree. Uh, I definitely agree. And how do you think? Of, what do you think about Morocco? Canada's chance in Morocco. Man, that should uh, be a, that should be a win if you think about it, right? It really should be a win, but you can't look. If this tournament has taught, has taught us anything, you can't look past anybody. No. And if you're Canada, here's the thing: if Canada gets a result against Croatia, I don't even think they need to win. If they just get a draw on mm. Croatia and they put themselves in a position where they could play Morocco and there's a chance that they could make the make the group stage with a win over Morocco, watch out. I think we'd see like Canada all out attack. I think, I mean, maybe not for the entire game, but I think if you're John Herdman, you have to approach that game with no conservatism at all. Like you yes. are going at it, like, like you're moving the FIFA sliders to attacking and all out attack, like for most of that game. I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Oh, actually, fun fact. I think Morocco's goalkeeper, Stein goalkeeper. I didn't want, I didn't. He's he, a Montreal guy. Yeah, Bonu, right? He's, he's a Quebec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, I forget when, how old he was when he was, or if he was born in Montreal. Or, he was born in Montreal. Like, I, I know there there is a Montreal connection with him. Yeah, he's he's born in Montreal. I think he's, I could be wrong. I think he's from Saint Laurent. I could be, I could be, totally, I could be totally wrong. I just uh, feel like, I, I don't know. I just feel like every, Everyone of immigrant background in Montreal is from Saint Laurent or Côte d'Ange, but then I think I'm just yeah, being... Yeah, Yassine uh, Bounou uh, yeah. was born in Montreal. He's 31 years old. I didn't know that. Really? But he okay. played, but he... Yeah, he's... Uh, he's like my he age. He's at Sevilla, actually. So he probably... So he won the... Uh, he's won a Europa League with them. Yeah, I mean, great club to be a goalkeeper for. A very good club. Jeez. Um, but yeah, like that's... like This Canada team, I have a lot of hopes for. Um, oh... Okay, sorry, dude. This is so random. I'm just looking at the FIFA rankings. North Korea is tenth in the women's in the women's ranking. Sorry, the women's. I rank- mean, even then. I mean, even then. What? Wait, wait. Why is North Korea tenth? Where's South Korea? This is South Korea's seventeen, and North Korea's tenth. How good is North Korea? But then, what? No, it's got to be wrong. I, I, I don't know. Do you know why? How do you feel about how do you feel about Johnny Infantino saying he'd be open to <laughs> North Korea hosting a World Cup? It's it's the do, I, do we want to talk about anything that he said at all? We don't have to. I don't care. No, no, like, I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Yeah, we, we should we should probably talk about it. I want to talk about this. Uh it's hilarious. It's it's wild. It's wild. And what makes it wilder is that he was serious where he says, I yes. want to like he's pretty much he gave like a Miss America speech. Like a Miss Yeah, Miss America speech. I want to solve world peace. I just want world peace. And like that was his speech. And I'm like, you think you're going to solve world peace by hosting the biggest footballing, the biggest sporting tournament in the planet in a country that doesn't want the world to be in it? Like, you had issues with Qatar with beer and human rights stuff <laughs> and, 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 you know, people are, are seeking in rainbow attire because of Qatar's policies with the LGBTQIA community. And you want to take money from North Korea, bro? Like, are you what? are are you out of your mind? <laughs> He's out of his mind. And then, like, you're the and and like Qatar at least is a capitalist nation that could afford to build stadiums through slave labor, which doesn't make it any better. But like, no, how does North Korea even be able to afford to build these things? They're just hundred percent. Their budget goes to military. Like, you think they're gonna build stadiums? Like it, it's it baffles my mind. I'm like, what goes through your head, bro? Like, oh. 
God, it's so why funny. why there? It's so funny. It's just money. It's money. It's money. It's money, it's money. and it's funny. It's money. But that's why for me, okay, a more realistic place after uh, USA, Mexico, Canada should be Australia, New Zealand. That would be such a cool place to go. That's what I'm saying. That makes sense. Australia, New Zealand, it's never been there. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, they have the infrastructure to host that many people coming to their country. They've had, they've had the Olympics before. There you go. And then if well, not... At least Sydney and Australia did. That's it. And then like Australia has enough major cities and enough big stadiums to have... They have enough rugby stadiums, Aussie rules football stadiums, and even soccer stadiums already built. They're ready to go. That's why Australia makes sense to me. Or a South Africa part two and a Waka Waka part two. Because that's still the greatest. Man. Like, man. I, you, you, I noticed you've been posting a lot of nostalgia stuff from that World Cup too. Dude, the 2010 <laughs> World Cup. It's, it's my favorite World Cup. A lot of... That was an objectively a fun World Cup. It was because like, it just was like, the most controversial thing about it was Vuvuzelas and that it was a low scoring World Cup and that it was minus two degrees Celsius. At some yeah, the game. final was not that great, but also some of the other games that happened like before, like like Ghana Uruguay. Like I hate Luis Suarez because of that game. Yes, and there are so many other reasons but, to detest Luis Suarez, but that game just said I, he is a FIFA villain for life. Like all the stories that came out of twenty ten World Cup, they were not they were controversial, but not bad. Like Qatar, a lot of controversies, and they're bad. Whereas South Africa... Like, you generally feel guilt, Like, maybe not guilty, but, like, maybe guilty. But, like, you feel a weird feeling about being all in on the World Cup this yeah. year. Yeah. Like, I was at work today, and I was watching, and the customers are coming. And then, like, you know, they were excited to watch Canada play. But they kind of looked at me. They're like, how do you feel comfortable that the World Cup's in Qatar? And I was like, I don't. I really nope. don't. But I'm like, but as a soccer fan, I can't say no. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's I was, sports. It's still, but it's one thing if like Canada wasn't in it, it might be a lot easier to just be like, you know what, I'm not gonna pay attention care. to it. It's the first time in 36 years that Canada's in it, and they look good. Yes, like you get. It, there's there's no way you don't get swept up into it if you're a sports fan. That's it. And also like, and also for me, it's like I guess the best way, the best comparison is that I don't want to go dark, but like it's it's like imagine being Catholic and you know that there's this pedophile con- uh, controversy in the Catholic Church, but you still go to church. You know what I mean? You know I, that I, you right. You when you did go dark, I did go dark. But jeez, it does. You, I, I I see. I see what you're trying to say, though. <laughs> like, yeah. like you know what I mean? It's like it, yeah, it, yeah. It's like you love this thing so much, but you know there are so many flaws within the system. But you still go. You know? Yeah, that's because that's that's. I mean, and I mean, look, like if you look back at every other World Cup in the last how many years. And you really look through some of those meetings where they tried to determine uh, who's getting which World Cup and all that. Like, sorry, but, you know, you're going to find corruption. If you yeah. look through, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. I'm trying to find the, uh, is it red card or foul? There's like, I've got, a, I've got at least one or two books here about the detail, like FIFA corruption and, and stuff like that. Like Jack Warner should be hailed as like a national hero in Trinidad and Tobago for being this like little guy from a Caribbean island being with the big wigs. Yeah. Dude is like a disgrace. <laughs> like, but isn't that sad? On. But isn't that sad? Like a man from Trinidad and Tobago who sh- is in the biggest organization in the world is found to be corrupt and vehemently denies it. And you're just like, 
This sucks. I bet like some people still though, they look at him. My dad was trying to explain that. I feel, uh, People at some point like did kind of look at him as, I don't want to say like Robin Hood, but they definitely gave him that respect because he's like a guy uh. on the island who like gets to hang with all the big wigs. I'm not saying that they called him Robin Hood. Like I'm not, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just something that came in my head, but he at least had that. And maybe some people will still just give him that because it's like, Hey, you know what, man? Like you still try, you still got something like you did it from Trinidad to Vigor are not supposed to be in that spot. That's but it. like, yeah, all that to say, like FIFA has been littered with corruption for so long. No wonder we just let this Qatar thing go through it. It's funny just because like it wasn't until like a week before it started, we started hearing about like all these players say like, yeah, I don't know if it should be there. And like Jurgen Klopp is like saying, like, go into the media, lashing out, be like, stop asking us about it. Like you guys should have done something about it. Yes, like he's right. Like, why? I, I have, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about it. Because I had a whole debate with a friend of mine who's also a big Liverpool supporter, a big Klopp fan. Yeah. Like, like journalists weren't i mean like i mean look because of the fact there's always been corruption and and mm-hmm. that like that should have been like that should not have happened it right. should have not got to a point where qatar gets the world cup right you know and i think if i mean you know what i don't have any other articles to cite or or journalists but i'm sure considering the fact that there have been people who have been covering the corruption from fifa for years andrew jennings types at like the bbc for example mm-hmm. i'm sure there were people who were, you know, saying like, hey, something's kind of fishier about Qatar getting it as opposed to these countries. I'm sure there are people who looked into it, but also like being a badger be like, you journalist, you who asks mm-hmm. me questions at this random press conference <laughs> for Liverpool, you should have done something about it. Yeah. Why, like you put it, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just being defensive of, of media. As a journalist. I, get, I, <laughs> as a journalist, I get fed up with people being like, all these problems are your fault. No, it's not. It's not always the case. No, like, I you think know? <laughs> you could also use your brain and not do things and not just say, just blame it on the media for influencing you to do what you want to do. <laughs> but maybe I'm just hating. I don't know. <laughs> I'll say you're, you're a United fan. So you're just fed up with Klopp. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> okay, actually, as a United fan, I gotta ask this: the whole Cristiano Ronaldo yes. situation. Oh boy, uh, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, because I, I, I'm glad he's gone. I'm sorry. I'm sad that he's gone, but at the same time, I think it is for the best. I think he I don't have to, to feel leave. weird about cheering for a goal scorer for my club anymore because of whatever allegations followed him, mm. and also his ego. Yes, and. The fact that it's one thing for him to be upset about a situation and and it's a whole it's another thing for him to get to a point where he's like walking off early and leaving the stadium early and not yeah. getting along with Eric Ten Hag. I knew shit was gonna hit the fan and there was pretty much no point of return when he decided to go on Pierce, Pierce Morgan <laughs> of all people, of all people. To voice your 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 displeasure with. That guy's like, nah, I was like, all right, you're done. You're done, fam. Like, he's like, Pierce Morgan has no real credibility anymore. No, no disrespect, but like, with no disrespect, with all due respect, I have no respect. You're going out <laughs> Pierce Morgan to do this? You're not coming back. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, he what was, what are we doing here? He was looking for beef, for beef. He was looking for beef and he was looking for people to, he was looking for smoke. You yes. only do that. You only do that. If you want to get a rise out of people, like you, you do it everything you can to get out of whatever situation that you in. 
and you're like, hey, Piers, you want this? Like, let's do this. That's the only reason why he did it. And he got what he wanted. He's free of United. It's funny. And he could go wherever. And 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 I don't know. For me, like, I think before Ronaldo got to United, I think United with the the the, the team that they were trying to build, I think they were onto something. I don't think they're gonna win the Premier League, but mm. I think just with the way that they were playing, the the free-flowing attack they're trying to get and getting guys like Sancho, uh, Cavani, Rashford. Mason Greenwood, like they, like all the <laughs> options that they had, like they yeah. were getting opportunities there. And then yeah. when Ronaldo comes in, because of the the, he's still like a high quality player at his age, which is still really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. but his ego cannot allow him to not be the focal point of an offense. And ultimately, when he started playing with United, that's what ended up happening. Like you needed Ronaldo to bail you out of games because he was the guy to do it. He was going to make himself the guy. And yeah. that th- that's just it. Like United had to break out of that. And, and Eric Tenog was trying to, you know, break them out of that. And, and, and Ronaldo wasn't having any of it. And he was just like, all right, like I don't need you here. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to things like being on Piers Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> like, it's just like, Oh my God. That's so, so funny. I'm, I'm glad that he's gone. Um, I look as a player, uh, I acknowledge he was part of a lot of United successes, United successes, especially in the two thousands. Um, I will not deny that in games where things went well and he were, he was a reason why things went well, I would feel a sense of happiness mm-hmm. if not, you know, overjoyed feelings. Uh, cause that's how I get with, with football. Like I, yeah. I think more than any other sport, like football gets me to react irrationally and emotionally more than any other sport. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. It's just what it is. It's religion. But now, yeah, but yeah, it's basically close to that. But yeah. now that I don't have to worry about cheering for a player who has been accused of being an abuser and mm-hmm. a rapist, like I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about that anymore. I could just cheer for this team. And on top of that, the Glazers might sell too. Yeah. Like, like that could that got announced like moments after the contract termination Dude, i was like it's, oh like yo it's it's so much crazy like i there's so much craziness happening where liverpool and out the uh fenway sports group announced that they're selling liverpool which i thought yeah i could see why they did that in a business perspective because they're starting to see that okay liverpool's performance is now we're signing now we're seeing it it's dipping. So now it's the best. Yeah, you're to trying to get out of it before it dips any further. Which is annoying, but I get it. At a business perspective, I get it. But as an emotional fan, uh, kind of a dick move. But uh, what, then with the United thing, Ronaldo, that drama, surprised but not surprised. You know what I mean? Surpri- People then, have wanted the Glazers out for so long. Yes. And like, now the fans are getting what they want. And then the real question is, the real two questions are, or three, who's buying Liverpool? I think there was, I forget who was lining up for Liverpool. I hope someone good. Uh, Conor McGregor is one of those people, which I'm like, oh, I hope, really hope not. And um, I really, really don't want that. Uh, but also, where would Ronaldo go? And also, who would buy United? Um, who's going to buy Liverpool? I mean, we're in the day and age where consortiums and, and, and groups are coming together to do it. I don't know if you're following anything with uh, 
with Ryan Reynolds yeah. now. I know he has the Wrexham club, but he's but trying he's to buy the Ottawa Senators. Yes, yes, yes. Like he's at a like he legit went on like Jimmy Fallon show and says yes. he needs like a sugar daddy, and yeah. he might get the weekend involved in trying to buy the Ottawa Senators. Why? Like essentially, at this point, you need like a group of friends with a bunch of money and or venture capitalists to like get you in on that kind of stuff. At so least I he think went to any- another Canadian artist to buy the Senators. Yeah, I didn't expect the weekend though. That's a little random. But then that okay. is a little random, but like that could, I mean, Dave, if it works, it works. Like, <laughs> anyway, that's a whole up. That's for a whole other podcast you can check out. Um, but also, like, uh, yeah, essentially, it's going to be whoever owns Liverpool and United next is likely going to be some big group, some great consortium of mm. conglomerate of people coming together. That's normally what it is now. Like, yeah. How many people nowadays just have, like, I mean, yes, there are people who have billions of dollars, but like, it's not easy. To just say like, hey man, here's a couple billion, you know, like these are these are these are billion dollar clubs. You know, like you don't just buy these clubs for like five, like two hundred million dollars, and you go on with your life. Like you no. need other people with pockets. Like if you and I said like, hey man, let's go, let's go buy a stock in or buy a share in Liverpool. That's some money, bro. Like, yeah. like come on, man. Like, forget it. Like we we ain't doing that. I would say, in a fantasy world, Bezos buys United. Elon Musk buys Liverpool, oh, and that's how they. No, de- you don't want that. No, no, but that's you how they. Want- that's how they deal with their billionaire beef. And do you know why you roll your eyes? I'd, because I'd, that I'd, would happen. I'd, I'd, I'd rather. Oh my god! I'd rather Bezos than Musk on my team. You rather have Bezos? Have you, than- seen, <laughs> have you seen what Musk is doing to Twitter? <laughs> oh my god! He's such a weirdo. Look. <laughs> Look, Jeff Bezos is crazy, yeah. and like, there's some ethical concerns with Amazon. Yes, but Amazon works. People are gonna <laughs> go on Amazon on Black Friday, and they're gonna buy products, and they don't have to worry right. about any blue checkmark BS or free speech stuff. It's you go on your phone, you buy your Christmas gifts, and you go on with your life. Yeah, but you at know? least, but at least Anfield. I feel bad for the employees at Amazon though. They're going through some they're real going... crappy stuff. Hey, there. but but it... like, but you see what Elon Musk doing? And even Tesla, like his cars are starting to blow up on people. I'd rather, if if you're going to make me suffer through some billionaire owning my club, I I will take Jeff Bezos or easily, easily, about, not even a thought over, I mean, over, over uh, Elon Musk. What about easily. Kanye? <laughs> well, if you're, if you're, if you're Jewish, you're definitely not. Hey, basically, <laughs> oh. if you're, if you're, if you're Jewish, I mean, you have to unfortunately fear for your life. Cause that's the Kanye is a freaking nutcase. Yeah. Now, now you're hearing allegations of, of him showing like, like adult films to his, to his employees at like what, like he was doing the Adidas stuff. And like, Oh God, uh, like it's at a point where like, no, like Kanye, Kanye West should not be involved in that. And I'm being dead serious here. I'm not trying to no. make light of that. Like that is a genuine, he has a sex addiction. That is a whole other Wait, issue in itself. Do, do you remember the owner of American Apparel? What's his name? Dove Cherney? Is that their name? I forget. But he, he like, I had friends at university that used to work at American Apparel, the, the head office here in Montreal. And he yeah. would just walk. Do you know how, like, he'd take pictures of questionably underage girls in, like, bikinis and stuff? And that would be, like, the picture at the American Apparel stuff? Like, like American Apparel was, like, I, 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 as the men's section, I enjoyed the clothing. But everything else was weird, and yep. And I had a friend who used to work there, and he was like, "Do you know those underwears? Like he'd wear underwear around the office that he just designed, where it would barely cover his genitalia. It would just pretty much be hanging out." And I'm like, 
he'd walk around like that. He's like, and dude, it's not an all male office space. It's like, it's mostly girls. And I was like, yo, and I was yo. like, yo, I'm like, bro, there's bro. a lot of, yeah, nah, man. Between that and and Kanye, what's coming out with him? And look, I was a big Kanye fan. I've 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 long said, even when the the slave was a choice thing, I have a very complicated relationship. Yeah, with with him as the person as the as the artist. I'm at a point now. I I'm trying not to really listen to his music anymore. Like it's no. not really really worth it. Like he's just not a good person. And the ultimate point is not. I mean, the billionaires. There's a reason why a lot of people are saying we should just eat them. <laughs> Some of them are just not good people. I think you it know. Just, so like, yeah. I, if, if if Jeff Bezos is buying United, not saying he is. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, if Elon Musk buys United, because I think there was an actual tweet from him. It's like, yo, we're buying Man United. I genuinely was just like, you know what, man? Like, no, just no. I don't want this. I don't no. want this. I'd sooner would rather you know we get every. Um, I'm not sure how you would describe a person from Manchester, Mancunian. Is that what it Mancunian? is? Mancunian. Like, Mancunian. Mancunian. Yeah. Let's just all put in a collection. Just pass it around. Honestly, the city. Get money and yes. let the people buy it. I think that is the way forward for Manchester and Liverpool because they're both blue collar working class cities that have that socialist background so for me I'm like why doesn't it Liverpool do that and just hire a rich guy that could just kind of overlook things and put in a bit of money himself the way most German clubs are run because I'm like like I see communist socialist flags at Anfield you might as well just do that with your freaking club <laughs> Bro, it's like just, Whoa. dude. I've seen it. I've seen flags, like Yo. red communist flags with like Lenin, Trotsky, and like not Stalin, but someone else. And I'm like, oh. And then I look into it, and Liverpool was a hotbed of communist activity in England for a long time. So I was like, okay, just yeah, just put on your communist visions onto you know to your club and just do it. Like, don't stop going to these filthy capitalists. <laughs> Although Fenway Sports Group, they've been very good owners. And I yeah. like I like what they're about, and I'm really sad that they're leaving because I was like, you guys were, you guys captured the essence of what Liverpool needed as a city and how it should be run as a club. You guys, you know, the, some of the smartest transfers in Premier League history, literally moneyballed it. And as you can tell, I'm a huge fan of the movie Moneyball, so like I'll just keep throwing that word around. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that big, like you know, it's um, it's. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. But no, also, kind of same topic, but different club. The rumors of Joey Saputo selling CF Montreal has always been around for so long. Um, yeah, I know people, I mean, I, I know it's probably something that will probably be inevitable at this point. This guy's been, I think he's he's said he's been losing money on that team for yeah, years. So. But I, I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> that he's saying that because I'm like, didn't anyone tell you that owning a football club never makes you money? It, that's a fact. Like, it never makes you money. And also sell Bologna. Why do you own Bologna? That's stupid. Just sell it. Like, <laughs> no one likes you there. No one in Bologna likes you. At least in yeah, no one actually likes it there. That's true. That's it. In Montreal, we we love you because you're from the city, but we also don't like the fact that you're like that you have this weird vibe. Do we? Do we in Montreal actually really love Saputo? We respect him Is more that, than we love him. Maybe we respect him, but also like a I mean, like there's a there's a cheese monopoly there. <laughs> kind of just it's kind of like a situation where it's kind of like. Where you're here, like we kind of have to love you, you know. Like, yeah, there's like, no other real option. It's like for me, you know, like, like for me, the only two two other two other alternatives to buying Montreal besides American ownership, like a Canadian ownership, would be Molson if he's willing to 
spend more money outside the Canadians with uh, CF Montreal, which I don't think it's crazy per se, but you know, we'll see. And um, or Ryan Reynolds, hey man, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds can't buy every single just team. Just and, do it one more time, everybody. One more time with us. He already has Rexum to deal with. Or we'll reach out to Shania Twain. Let's go, Shania Twain. Why would Shania Twain don't see? Like, why think of a Montreal celebrity? Uh, Jay Baruchel. Uh, Jay Baruchel doesn't have that money. Stop. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> uh, Jay Baruchel. Shout out to Jay Baruchel. Cool yeah, dude. Shout out to I've him. with him on, on on social media a couple times. Oh, that's cool. Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel does not have that money. No. Uh. Okay. William Shatner. He's from NDG. Celine Dion. Celine Dion would like. I'd rather Celine Dion buy the team. You know what? She got money. She got money. She got money. I don't know if I want William Shatner. Okay. I'm still very salty. He denied an interview request I I sent him a couple months ago. William Shatner? Very salty. Yeah. He he denied it. He got Hollywood on you. (laughs) He got Hollywood on me. And hey, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll talk one day, but I'm 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 salty about it for that. So uh, But then like what other Montreal celebrity with money that has that could afford to have Montreal? It's kind of a hilarious thought. But what if the guy who owns Beach Club buys the team? <laughs> but if he people or whatever oh, his name is, no, like just buys the team. Dude, imagine all the cl- all the biggest club owners in the city just come together for this one cause. Alongside with Celine Dion by CF Montreal. It's, it's so you so Jeff Wilson, uh uh owner of Beach Club. I don't even know. I don't even know who's owning the Alouettes because like I think like one of the two owners like straight up up and left partway through the <laughs> They're straight up. They just like, you just said like yeah, I didn't like he just left. It's <laughs> um uh I don't know. Uh, uh Kevin Rafael, I guess. Uh I, like that. But that's the thing, it's like <laughs> I don't know. He just he just got himself uh he's president of a a new um women's hockey team, uh, oh, okay. Hawks or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much money he has, probably doesn't have enough to do it. I don't know. I think I gotta start. Definitely playing... doesn't have enough money to do it. What am I saying? I gotta. I guess I gotta start playing the lottery enough to be the owner of CF Montreal. Okay. If if Jason Jisoo Kim, you if you end up owner of CF Montreal, <laughs> I hope you know I will never stop bothering you. You're here for me every <laughs> damn day, every day. Like 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 you're 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 like I, no, I'm I'm dead serious. Okay. What would you do? Like we're like we'd have like phone conversations like every day for an hour, and you're not allowed to be like, oh, I'm too busy. Like I'm gonna be like, no, I I have your phone number in my phone. Like you're gonna tell me everything yeah, you, but, I need to know about this club. But dude, I'm gonna be so rich that I'm gonna have assistants. I'm like, oh no, Mr. Kim is busy right now. He's at a lunch meeting. Uh, I, I, I can leave a note you, for you. Do you remember what you just said like 30 minutes ago? What did I say about our friendship? Oh come on, man. we've Don't been friends for a out. decade. <laughs> You get a big timey with an assistant? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to big time with an assistant. I've seen that at, wow. at my restaurant. Like, I see. <laughs> I'm just going just gonna to guilt trip your assistants all the time. Be like, well, what do I expect from a guy who didn't know him? Are you going to send like old Facebook pictures of us together? It's like, yo, just give him this. I could. <laughs> I, I, I could easily could. Remember that photo in my, my backyard of like UB, Kofi, Kabiso, and um, oh God. Oh, uh, Gladstein. Gladstein, Jason Gladstein. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like you, you don't go away from moments like that Mm-mm. where we 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 just ha- hang like friends. Like we were MWA C-Jet. minorities with attitude. 
I didn't know you were going to actually say the acronym and like expose everybody. It's so no, good. <laughs> Minorities with attitudes. It was, it generally was a good photo. All that to say, um, if you end up, even if you end up being like a part owner, oh, why don't you get, get like Darby to do it? Oh, like make enough money. Like, oh, you know, in a couple of years. <laughs> well, like I said, I need to win the lottery. So I don't know how soon that would be. Or like befriend a venture capitalist. I think I should just gold dig. Don't you live in like a nice part of Montreal now? I live downtown. Yeah. Like, oh, like on the border. Border of Westmount, so I guess. Go to Griffintown and like, yeah. Go to a coffee shop. Go to. I do. Collect, is it Collective Cafe or whatever? The really nice one. Um, September. Not too far from the. That's not too far from the old port. Like, oh, Crew Cafe. Out? Crew Cafe. Crew Cafe or Collective. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, collective. Go or there, meet a businessman probably a venture capitalist get him to funnel a couple hundred million dollars in a derby make a couple more put yourself in a position where you could but, buy at least a share of cf montreal like i can't i can't trust that venture i think it's capitalist. pretty easy i can't trust that venture capitalist because he's like some sketchy crypto guy whoa whoa, whoa 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 as someone uh whose main employer uh comes from uh, Thank you, venture capitalists of the athletic. <laughs> uh, I I will not allow that slander. <laughs> I will not allow venture capitalist slander. <laughs> but like he's gonna be like one of those like obscure like crypto dudes that like are is also very scammy. That's if you find that dude, you the, gotta find. But they like, find the me. Months. They find me. Like oh, did I tell you this one time? Okay, we're going with no. auto football. But I don't care. So like, remember this one time? It's <laughs> like this. <laughs> Okay, do you remember this one? I, I don't know if I told you the story. This one time I came out of class at Concordia and I was walking out and this guy in like this GMC SUV truck pulls up next to me. Like I'm on the street. He's, he looks at me and he's like, excuse me, how do I get a highway from here? I'm like, okay, you go down the street. It's uh, René Levesque. Take a right. And then the second intersection will be the entrance to the highway and that highway will take you directly to the airport. He's like, all right, cool, thanks. And he looked at my jacket. It's an old beat up jacket. He's like, are you warm in that? I'm like, yeah, I'm, all, I'm okay. Do you want a new jacket? I'm like, yeah, sure. I got jackets in my car. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I go into his car. I, uh, I go into his- What? Bro, I go- You went in the car? Yeah, I go into his truck. I don't- I was 21 and stupid. So I go inside the truck. <laughs> I go inside the- You were almost taken. Bro, yes. It's an Italian man from Milan. He had like a thick Italian accent. And then he was like- Yo. I go into his truck and he was like, I, I was like, oh, what you have there is not real leather. I got this nice leather jacket, full leather. He takes out one jacket in blue. He's like, you know how it's real leather? He takes the lighter, starts burning it under the jacket, under the leather. See, no burn marks, no nothing. This is good leather. Takes another a leather jacket out. It takes like three different colors. He's like, you like it? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. He was like, okay, well, they're like a thousand bucks, but I'll sell it to you for 700. I'm like, 700? And he was like, yeah, so do you have $700? I'm like, are you no? Are you joking right now? Like his, his Are you dumb? He's like, this pre-story, by the way. He was like, I was here for fashion week and I'm selling these jackets, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't have seven hundred dollars. He's like, okay, I'll sell it for five hundred. I'm like, I don't have five hundred dollars. I'll drive you to ATM. He's like, I'll drive you to ATM. I'm like, I looked at him kind of like, Are you dumb? I'm like, I'm a college student, bro. I'm like, I'm a college student. I don't have that money. He was like, Then why'd you get in this car? Because I wanted a jacket. I didn't realize it'd be five hundred bucks. Like a hundred bucks, maybe hundred dollars, maybe, but not like not five hundred dollars. You crazy? Yeah, exactly. And then he's just like, "Hey, yo, Julian, the uh, this man, the audacity." He looks at me disappointed. He's like, "How dare you?" Gives me this look like, "How dare you?" 
And I'm like, how dare I? How dare you? Like, bro, you're going to college students. Where are you from? And I, I, I got out the car. You shouldn't have gotten that bad car, boss. I shouldn't. That was a big first mis- first mistake. But the biggest mistake was him assuming I had $1,000 to spend on leather jackets. In first year university, bro, what are you thinking? Uh, both bro, of us, I what love were we how thinking? he's all like, bro, you know how it's not, you know how it's real leather? He starts pulling out this leather <laughs> trying to impress you. What a donkey that guy is. Yo, I, I could have been, I could have been, I don't know, I could have been some basement in Milan or something. I don't know. Been Yo, bad. I'm just glad that you're okay and you don't ever have to think <laughs> about what could have possibly happened if you let a leather jacket man take it. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was one of those dumb moments where I got out the car. I was like, why did I do that? And then I told my sister, my sister was like, yo, you're such an idiot. Why did you do that? And I'm like, oh, fun story. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, you know what's funny? Up until that moment, I always just thought, you know, Jason's like a sensible person. Like he would never let himself get taken by some random guy on the street. This story just completely subverted my expectations. I'm allowed to do something stupid every so often. I guess that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I've done, done enough dumb stuff in my life, I guess. It's just, I expect you not to do those things. <laughs> I have high expectations for you. <laughs> I think this, I think 2023 will be me just destroying those expect, expectations. Uh, dude, man, I feel like in 2023, you're going to turn into one of those influencers you were trying to tell me about before we started. <laughs> just, you're going to turn into this like soccer influencer. I was just going to post these like really cool photos. You're going to be at all these different stadiums. I mean, you're already doing that now. Just yeah. be at all these different stadiums, just ball it out. And it was just like, who is this guy? He's like mysterious and he plays soccer. And it, like, he's, he's like, no, I'm a complete dumbass. So cool. No, I'm just a complete nah. dumbass. Hey, it doesn't matter, man. You're gonna end up being popular, man. That's that's nah. what it is, bro. Like, I hope so. I mean, that's what it is. Listen, I, I obviously that's all nice. I just want to make a living talking about and doing the things that I enjoy, which is going to soccer games, seeing those cultures, experiencing it. That's always been my goal. But you're yeah. on your way, bro. I you're hope on so. Your way. I hope so. And then I'll get into nicer cars with strangers, and buying leather jackets like a probably afford how, how about this? money you make enough money where you can buy your own nice car to go into okay fine tesla it's for your own good Jason. i'll buy a tesla no no <laughs> i'll buy a tesla i would i would advise against the tesla right I'll now get, i'll get like liverpool logos everywhere i'll make it tacky you'll never walk yeah <laughs> every time i accelerate the car it just plays you'll never walk alone <laughs> Oh, depending on how things go, the slogan for Tesla should be "You go walk." <laughs> you go walk. I don't even feel bad for slandering Tesla, Elon Musk. Like, what are you gonna do? Oh, my. my check mark. Oh my! <laughs> He's like, you're not coming to Mars with me anymore, sir. Oh no, I'm not going to Mars. <laughs> Red rocks. <laughs> anyway, okay, dude, we've been doing an hour forty-two. This was fun. This, this was is a marathon podcast. Like, yeah. I, I've, it's been a while since I've done one of those where I was just on like a show, just talking for like almost two hours. So Same. This, was, this is a good exercise. Same. I, 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 I just, I was honestly aiming for an hour and I'm like, uh, oh, forget about time. Forget about time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I haven't seen you in a while. So this was also like a good like catch up. Yeah, dude. Do. Uh, honestly, exactly. Like I said, if I'm in. When I get to Calgary, which I will, because I really do love Calgary. I really like that city. I'll let you know. It's a nice city. And I and I also need to go to a Calgary FC game. And I would love nothing more for you to come with me while I experience 100%. that. 100%. I want to go. I'm going to vlog it and do that influencer thing. And I'm going to be a part of it. 
And oh yeah, De- I'm 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 the special guest in that. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited. Okay. Oh, I'm in it. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anything else you want to add or say before we uh, get out of here? Uh, follow me on Twitter as long as it still exists as a website. Uh, JKA <laughs> McKenzie. <laughs> um and uh subscribe to the athletic and while i am someone who just covers hockey mainly uh i think the athletic does an incredible job with its uh soccer coverage uh mm-hmm. joshua cloak is our uh soccer reporter who covers canada soccer he's in Qatar and he's doing a great job covering the team but also if you're a fan of the big clubs in the premier league like like a man united or a liverpool uh our guys at the athletic uk do an incredible job mm. at covering those big teams and uh, i believe there's a, a black friday sale or you can get our content for a dollar a month so subscribe to the athletic if uh you so choose dollar a month that's it yeah yeah man dollar a month okay that's the deal okay i didn't realize it was that cheap okay we that, have that those deals it. like all the time at the athletic okay it's awesome crazy. that's actually good to know but yeah uh that being said, to everyone listening that that made it this far into the podcast, thank you for listening. Um, it was it was fun reconnecting, well, reconnecting, but talking to Julian after so long, and uh, yeah, <laughs> or the Korean finger hearts. I don't know if you know this. That I don't know what that is. That's that's a thing. That's hearts in Korean. The the two the thumb. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> now you now you're throwing gang signs. How dare you? But anyway, no, oh my god. <laughs> Dear, just assume that my hands are just gang signs. <laughs> hey. Man, that being said, to everyone listening to this podcast, thank you for listening. Thank you for being an audience. And from Montreal, this is Soccer Pilgrim. Thank you. <laughs>